0: Welcome to 52 Weeks in the Word. I'm your host, Trillia Newbell, and with me today is Dr. Charlie Dyer. Charlie is professor-at-large at at Moody Bible Institute, the host of The Land in the Book, and the author of several books, including What Does the Bible Say About the Future? That sounds very intriguing to me. Today, we are going to talk about the Minor Prophets. We discover God's first mention of a prophet in Deuteronomy prophets we've got the major prophets and the minor prophets before we go more in depth here is a list of a few of them so the four major prophets is isaiah jeremiah lamentations ezekiel and daniel i'm not going to read all 12 minor prophets but they start with hosea joel amos obadiah jonah micah etc so i am so excited to talk through this. And and I'd like to ask you, Charlie, to put your professor hat on and share as if you're telling us something for the very first time. Maybe they've never read The Minor Prophets before. So here's my question. How do you read The Minor Prophets?
1: Uh, Trillian, that's a great question. And my answer is going to be kind of unusual. You know, when we hear minor, we think unimportant or like in a minor key. So it's actually kind of spooky. And in reality, they they are major works uh, they're just minor in the sense that they're smaller books than Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and Daniel. Uh, but what, really what I say to people is if you like to read short versions of something, the minor prophets are terrific. And so uh, how do we uh, read them? Well, the way we read all the rest of the Bible. Uh, once, you, once you figure out where they were in time you know what was going on in their day, That knowing the historical background for each one uh, is just a little bit of digging but not much. Once you know that, then you start reading what they're saying and you realize uh, they have a lot to say, not only for their day, but for us as well. So uh, if you get a good study Bible, read the introductory chapter or the introductory section for each of those books, and that'll put you in the right time frame. And then once you dive into them, you'll find that there's some incredible stuff there in every one of those uh, books for us today.
0: Well, where would you suggest someone to begin? So of course we hope everyone reads every single one and for 52 weeks in the word they're going to be reading every single one reading straight through the Bible but if there's someone who maybe they like to jump around or they are are nervous they're they're interested in diving deep maybe where would where would you encourage them to begin
1: well you know I taught the minor prophets for over 20 years and what I told students the best thing to do is to read them uh not just uh, geographically, but chronologically, you know, in the order in which they were written, because you'll find that some of those prophets actually refer back to other prophets. Uh, so uh, we had our students read, and I started with Obadiah. It's kind of nice. One chapter, you know, you can plunge in and, and uh, pull back out if you feel over, you know, overwhelmed by it, but one chapter, because that's probably the first of the minor prophets written, and he lived about the time of Elijah. Uh, And then Joel follows him, and Joel actually has a quote from the book of Obadiah in, in his book. Uh, and uh, you start reading about events like, uh, in those books, uh, who were the enemies? Well, the Philistines were. Well, we've heard about the Philistines before with David and uh, into the uh, divided kingdom. And, and we read about the, uh, the Edomites, and we've heard about the Edomites before. And suddenly you, you realize these people were ongoing problems, uh, but the prophets wrote not just about them, but they wrote to the people. And then you start moving down to the 8th uh, uh, the century prophets. Well, we know Isaiah. He, he lived during the 8th century, but so did Micah and uh, amos and jonah and uh, and uh, hosea and you start reading and go man they they talk about the same kind of problems now it's the assyrians who are the problem and then you move to the next century and you have uh, nahum and zephaniah and habakkuk well they lived around the same time as jeremiah the prophet and actually about the time of daniel and now it's the babylonians who are the problem and once you get into that time frame uh, you start seeing some commonalities, and you, and you realize these were real flesh-and-blood individuals uh, who were called to deliver a hard message in difficult times. And you say, well, it sounds a lot like today. And at that point, the application comes in.
0: Oh, okay, let's talk about that. How would we apply? Because I don't think people think of... Nahum, for example, and, and think, okay, I'm going to apply. So how, how do we apply the minor prophets to our lives?
1: Uh, well, the first thing we do is we read the prophet because i uh, have got to know their basic message. But, uh, uh, well, and you mentioned Nahum, so let me pick the book of Nahum because uh, it's God's judgment, God's destruction of Nineveh is his message. You know, and that's he's the uh, bookend to Jonah. You know, Jonah was sent to say Nineveh is going to be destroyed, but God spared the country. But it went back into evil, and and finally Nahum says, "No, you've know, you, you've gone back, and there's a time when God's going to judge." In fact, in, in times of trouble and defending, uh, we just need to recognize uh, that we can. Uh, uh, pause and, and recognize God will take care of problems in his good time. Uh, he's careful about justice and he, he's careful about uh, uh, applying mercy when mercy's needed. And you find those ju- just repeated over and over again in that tiny book. Uh, so God will hold nations and he holds individuals accountable for how they treat others. And you think, well, that's a pretty good lesson for any age. Uh, and we don't, we, we don't know when God's going to do that. Because he's he says in that book he's slow to anger he's abounding in loving kindness but he'll by no means leave the guilty unpunished and you go, wow that's that's uh, where we are today and uh, it's those kind of practical things you find in the book uh, that are trans time uh, they, they were they were true in Nahum's day and they're just as true today.
0: You know that's so good that you talk about God's justice as goodness and so often we don't equate that we think it's kind of scary but can you dive into that because uh, a lot of it is about the judgment <laughs> judgment and then h- him his mercy over and over and over again such a merciful god he doesn't um and so would you help um, the listener apply okay how can we think of god's judgment when we're reading these prophets
1: well you know it, it depends on which side of the equation we're on for some individuals who think there is no god i can get away with anything uh, it's a reminder and a warning to them that uh, god sees what's going on and someday he's going to uh, hold people into account but for others there are people who are experiencing injustice. Who, uh, who who uh, find uh, they're, they're not getting the justice, whether it's from our court system, from individuals, from wherever. Uh, and it, they feel so discouraged. Uh, it's a reminder to them that God cares for them. Uh, in fact, the word Nahum actually means comfort. It comes from the word for comfort. And uh, the, the prophet's very name was intended to provide comfort for people who were really feeling uh, rather destroyed. And, it, and God saying, I understand and trust me, I'm going to take care of it. You can you can trust me to do that. And so it was a message of hope for them. Uh, and uh, that's what I think, uh, it, again, depends on which side of the equation we're on. Uh, but the message is a reminder that God is going to take care of his people. He's slow to anger. He's abounding in loving kindness, but he won't leave the guilty unpunished. And so we can turn our our fears and frustrations over to him, knowing that at the right time, God's going to take care of it.
0: I'm so glad that you talked about comfort because, in, in, as I was thinking about judgment, there is something comforting. I had the word in my head, and maybe it's just because of Nahum, but um, Habakkuk also. There's something that um, we often go towards the last part of the book, and and it's there's something comforting about new mercies, and 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 so. Do you see that theme throughout, or is it just a few of them? Do you see a a theme of
1: comfort? Well, it's interesting. I I do in this sense. Almost every prophet ends by God reminding his people that he's still in charge and he's still going to bring about all the blessings that he has promised. Uh, there's There's a hope for the future, and that does bring comfort in discouraging times. Uh, in Habakkuk's case, I, I love that prophet uh, because he's just like us. You know, he's he's praying, God, look what's going on here. Aren't you going to do something about it? And God says, Oh, yeah, I am. I'm going to bring the Babylonians to wipe you out. And then he pauses and says, Wait a minute. They're worse than we are. How can you do that, God? And it, it's interesting. It's a prophet wrestling with the injustice he sees around him. And sometimes God uses things that uh, we that we don't even like. Uh, to take care of other problems. And, and he has to finally say, I'll rest in you. I have to trust in you, even though I don't fully understand that. And uh, that's why he becomes a prophet who's quoted in the New Testament as someone of, of trust and hope.
0: Mm, That's so good. Well, we all need hope. And so I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray that as we're reading the minor prophets, that we would see um, God's Not just his judgment, but we would see his mercy and hope. So I'm going to pray that. Lord, God, thank you for who you are, that you are just, that you are holy, that you are set apart, and that you are still in charge. And we can rest and trust in you. We can trust your character. We can rest in you to Judge rightly as the righteous one, God, and thank you that there is a hope for our future as well, Lord. I I thank you for your word. Thank you that um, that you put these minor, small books in your word for us to learn more about your um, character, your your sovereignty, your your goodness, your grace, your mercy, and your justice. So, Lord, I pray that we would take you. At your word and live our lives accordingly god i i thank you for who you are and thank you god for charlie and his ministry i pray that you will bless him as he has blessed us and it's in your name we pray amen thank you so much for your time